Well, in the last 24 hours, we learned that a a special prosecutor uh, determined there isn't enough evidence to bring charges against uh, an alleged transnational gangster uh, who was accused of laundering millions of dollars throughout BC and through our casinos uh, here in our province. Uh, It was an interesting uh, operation based on the allegations. Basically, the individual would be given money here uh, in Canada, but the money uh, that uh, was transferred was occurring in China, China. And the fact that there's 41,000 documents in this case, and one of the reasons why uh, it was actually decided not to move ahead with the case, Uh, police also seized um, 90 smartphones. Uh, So it was a transnational um, campaign, of course. Last night, Global News uh, covered this story, uh, and we're going to hear from, in this story, from uh, former Crown Prosecutor Ravi Hira and uh, Attorney General Nikki Sharma. Take a listen. Oh, we'll get back to that story. Let's get to, to our guest, John Daly, former host of CKNW's Back on the Beat and former Global News investigative journalist. John, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's a real pleasure, Jazz. This is a monster mess up. It is, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you. First of all, were you surprised uh, by this special prosecutor's decision uh, to not move ahead uh, with this case? I was surprised when I first heard it, Jazz, but I must tell you, having read Chris Considine's report, it's very detailed, very thorough, and it makes perfect sense to me. The Canadian law, when it comes to alleged international money laundering crimes, is pathetic. It's a weak noodle. It doesn't do the job. It's not as strong as the American laws, and it's not as strong as the Australian, uh, strong as the Australian laws, and that's why we got this... Uh, you know, wet firecracker. I mean, they spent, God knows, millions of dollars investigating this thing. This is an operation that was run out of Richmond that was allegedly uh, laundering millions and millions of dollars in, uh, pre- presumably from illegal illegal drug money, but nobody can prove that. That's the problem. And Chris Considine, who's a super fine lawyer, mm-hmm. I've sat in court, I've heard him argue, the guy is as sharp as an attack, uh, he simply says the absence of a link between X, that's uh, Mr. Paul King Jin, uh, his cash and true criminal activity as distinct from running an unlicensed business, an unlicensed activity, is the principal obstacle to a successful prosecution. He says that there's no criticism of the investigation. It's just the law doesn't allow this kind of a prosecution because they can't prove the money actually came from any illegal activity. Hmm. Uh, here is former Crown Prosecutor Ravi Hira and Nikki Sharma, uh, the Attorney General, commenting on, on this case. Here, there was a good investigation. It's just that the laws of Canada just didn't go far enough. Lawyer Ravi Hira says this meant while there was suspicious activity, RCMP couldn't prove the cash was obtained through criminal activity. The decision was appealed and a special prosecutor was appointed. On Wednesday, Christopher Considine also sided with Crown Counsel. It is frustrating. I have to say, as you know, the BC Prosecution Service makes independent decisions of me, but we also have to remember this isn't all the tools in the toolkit. We have civil forfeiture laws, we have other ways. While it appeared that, well, it was pretty clear that there was a money services business being operated without a license that was not sufficient to constitute an underlying criminal offense. John, here's what I don't understand. You know, when you look at the United mm-hmm. States, uh, it's not a perfect system. But whenever you watch their news, whenever you follow their cases, they put people behind bars. 
there is mm-hmm. conviction of white white collar crime. I mean, M- Martha Stewart, a well known celebrity, got thrown yeah. behind bars. Yet we, Absolutely. in this very high profile case. There's nothing. And I don't understand. After all these years, we come up with absolutely nothing. Yeah, the legislation is almost like the bad guys wrote the law. You know, you have to wonder. I mean, the only, as, as what uh, Chris Considine says, the only predicate offense, and that would be, you know, the, yeah, something to prove that the, uh, the proceeds of crime came from something wrong, something illegal. The only predicate offense here is not getting a license to run an MSB, which is a money service business, i.e. like a private bank, mm-hmm. which is allegedly what Mr. Jin was doing with, with Paul King Jin. Paul King Jin survived a shooting. His, his partner, his buddy, got shot in a sushi restaurant a few years mm-hmm. ago uh, in Richmond. Uh, you know, Jin got uh, injured. Jin uh, was part of a previous investigation, uh, not charged, uh, e-pirate. That failed, too. Mm-hmm. So you got e-pirate, which is the predicate investigation. Then you got e-nationalized. We've got the Cohen Commission. We've got all kinds of investigations and all kinds of commissions, and we got wet firecracker law. It just doesn't fire. It doesn't do the job. As you say, white uh, collar criminals in Canada rarely, if ever, go to jail. What I find absolutely surprising is that, you know it's not like we're having we're having this conversation. I recall doing a story in the 1990s when the RCMP, one of the senior folks here, uh, was saying that we have difficulty um, investigating mm-hmm. white collar crimes. Uh, you go back to the history of this uh, province and the Vancouver Stock Exchange and, and the ripoffs oh, that yeah. were occurring there with with uh, people selling cancer cures and everything else left, right, and center. <laughs> this has been going on since the 70s and 80s, and here we are in 2023 having this same conversation. I mean, uh, I'm going to assume the laws will be rewritten and, and hopefully uh, be workable. Is this a case of where we actually need a separate type agency that is set up to deal with white collar uh, criminals and more people perhaps um, uh, you know working in and around that have money laundering experience more accountants more friends accountants whatever it may be do we need a yeah. different type of agency rather than just police officers in uniform yeah maybe we do jazz you got a good point there and maybe they could lobby for better legislation but it looks like the uh, the file itself was very complicated. As you said, there were 41,877 documents. There were 90 smartphone seized. 45 of them got dumped. In other words, the data was extracted. Two million communications were intercepted. Most of them were in Mandarin. Only ha- a fraction of them got translated into English. You know, they've got the stuff. They've got the information. They just can't process it. And the law is too weak to make it go anyplace. So I don't know. If we had a separate agency, maybe, maybe they could do it. But I still think we've got bad law. Somebody's got to change the law. We don't have a RICO Act. We don't have the uh, uh, money laundering legislation that the United States has or even that Australia has. And until we get better laws... I'm not quite sure that, you know, more and better investigators are going to solve the problem. Yeah, it is frustrating. I mean, what you've just said there is it's a RICO laws. The United States brought them in many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they've been confiscating property, money from bad guys. And to a certain degree, we have here with proceeds to crime. But it, it, it is not 
you know, we're not, uh, maybe it's me, we're just not publicly making the case, not just in regards to charges, but in convictions and seeing people put behind bars for a very long time. And that's always been missing with our justice system. But more importantly, in complex cases like this, um, we're still seeing that in the United States, you see people picked up here in Canada once in a while, but usually they get get mired in some sort of uh, issue in the United States and the DEA or somebody else picks them up uh, in regards to white collar crime, but you don't see the the conviction levels by Canadian authorities going after Canadian criminals, at least operating in Canada. And that has been fundamentally missing. That is for sure. John, thank you for your time, my friend. It's a real pleasure, Jazz, anytime. That is John Daly, former host of CKNW's Back on the Beat and former global news investigative journalist. John has covered this story and many others like it. <laughs> he and I were talking about the Vancouver Stock Exchange. I think those of us of a certain vintage know exactly uh, the way this province has been run and continues to be run to a certain degree. And I don't care what party's in. Uh, you need convictions, folks. You need people put behind bars and to send a message. And what we've just said to them with two high-profile cases, and John did a great job there explaining explaining the complexity of these cases, we can't put them away in 2023.